They say a week is a long time in politics, so how on earth are we going to fit a whole year in? Government has lost two ministers and countless senior civil servants. The chief minister exudes confidence and bold ambition, but has enough real change actually been delivered? What meaningful action has occurred to deal with the housing crisis, which was big on the lips of all the wannabe MHKs at election time? I'm joined by political heavyweight, Dewan Watterson, Speaker of the House of Keys, and Claire Christian, who has demonstrated an ample ability to slice through the spin and the rhetoric. So after that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we'd better get started. Dewan Watterson, um, well, we're here to, to talk about the political year. Obviously, the most momentous, or I would guess the most momentous part of that political year happened in the week that's just finished. Um, but are there any particular highlights that stand out for you this year that uh, uh, you'd, you'd like us to start with? Gosh, I mean, what a year it's been. I mean, the general election year for a start. Um, so right way back to September, it must feel like two years ago already when we actually got started uh, on this administration. Uh, then the, the chief minister's elections and um, launching straight into the the Ireland plan. Um, I nearly called it the programme for government again, but it's a different name every time, isn't it? But... Um, so yeah, it has been um, a pretty big, pretty big year really in, in politics. Lots of changes, and who knew that there were going to be so many changes so recently on the uh, the council ministers' front as well? That's that's been a real shocker, and that was really the start to this week, wasn't it? Tuesday, half past ten, and the press release that Mr. Crookall was leaving, and that, I think that caught us all um, by surprise. Uh, and <clears throat> it, it appears that um, uh, the the minister just didn't get on with some of his colleagues and and that seems to be the reason that's being given for him uh leaving um but was he a bit of a bit perhaps perhaps the word is an oblong peg in a round hole in in uh, economic development or do you think uh, it, it's purely just down to personality i know tim's a tim's a worker and tim's a real team player he's one of the sort of best people people in in tinwald um so for him to uh, walk away must have been something quite significant um because I say he is a real team player and will pick up any challenge that's thrown at him. Um, I'm looking at you when I say that uh, no one picks up DOI lightly. Um, <laughs> but but there, Phil, um, Tim threw himself into the challenge. And um, I think you could put Tim in any department, really. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out over the, the weeks, months ahead. Claire Christian. Any phone calls yet from the Chief Minister? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll be getting that phone call, Phil. You, you've certainly, during this uh, parliamentary year, uh, been quite a critic of, of the government. Um, is, is that fair to say? Um, it is fair to say. I think uh, I have a lot to, to prove as Chair of the Economic Policy Review Committee. Um, and although I don't speak for the, the committee in Parliament, um, it's certainly, I would say, it's expected of me to, to have a good standing um, and to be uh, constantly looking at those areas um, and challenging them. And, and particularly, I mean, uh, well, I suppose in, in terms of your roles, I mean, you are um, a member of two departments, which is, is, is quite um, onerous in itself together with being chair of the Economic Policy Review Committee and chair of, of planning. So um, you're, you're, you're not slacking. No, I, I always said I have a, a huge capacity for a lot of work. That's that's how I have, um, how I've been. Value for money, I would say. Um, but it, 
it's really important for me to have been part of those um, those roles, carrying on my role in education um, and taking on something new in, in terms of DAFA. Um, and also, um, as my colleagues just pointed out to me, also I'm being chair in EPRC. I'm also a member in, in Public Accounts Committee as well. So it's a really all-round um, scenario that I have, I, and I really thoroughly enjoy it. And, and in terms of highlights for you for, for the year so far, uh, where, where would you say uh, you, you would like to pick? Well, I'm sure that the Chief Minister probably won't look back on, on the moment that his island plan didn't go through um, as fondly as, as I do, um, because, I, you know, I think that that's when he you know, probably was expecting um, this to be smooth sailing, but it, it certainly wasn't smooth sailing. And, you know, we're not here um, as politicians to um, necessarily cause problems or delay things, but we want things done right. Um, and that's, that's, that's our job. And so we must always, no matter what, um, see that it's constructive. Um, and I think it was constructive. And, and June Watson, do you, do you think it was un- unfortunate timing that uh, Daphne Kane chose to bring forward her motion uh, this month to say that six weeks is too long to expect mem- um, departments to have their business on, on the agenda? Uh, bearing in mind that we seem to have managed to cram two tindles worth of business in, 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 into the July tindle compared with May and June. Uh, well, I mean, it, it was due review and it's something that <clears throat> has only sort of come to the end of its first year of being tried. It's quite an innovative thing that we're, we're doing in terms of making sure that people put the government puts motions on the order paper with plenty of time for the rest of us to read research because there's a huge amount of work goes into uh, to, to looking at the secondary legislation. It might ultimately not provoke a, a big debate at the end of the day if you're happy that all your questions have been answered. But going through, checking what the regulations were before, whether the ones you've got now are an improvement, sanity checking that against you know your constituents' caseloads over the years and comparing it to other jurisdictions. It's a, Doing that for all of the, the 50-odd items on the order paper, that's quite a lot of work. And then last week we had a big pile of uh, presentations from departments about it, so an opportunity to ask questions, but then that's time that you're not being able to do the research. So um, it's an awful lot to fit in in any two weeks before Tinwald. Throw in Tinwald Day for good measure um, and uh, Tinwald Day guests coming over and all the rest of it. It makes for a really crammed timetable and I'm sure that Claire would have been the same. There were a couple of nights last week I was only getting to bed at one o'clock in the morning trying to get through all the, the stuff that there is to do. You you wouldn't necessarily know that looking at a, a Tinwald sitting. Um, but is, is one size fits all at six weeks uh, the right way of doing it? Well, probably not, excuse me. <clears throat> because um, some of these things do take longer than others. Some of it's about appointing people to political vacancies and uh, there's uh, different levels of urgency and, and priority to these things. So it is about right. We had a had a good look at it over the summer and um, look forward to canvassing the views of, of members to see how we can smooth that process so that it works for everyone. And of course, uh, one person's urgency yeah claire christian is another person's uh, actually we don't need to deal with this and we could we could leave this a few months i mean let's look at um, just to take an example and uh, the six weeks um you know on on the business of register register of business it's it is actually hugely essential let's let's look at the example of the um economic strategy you know, we, we, we didn't get that on the six weeks of business. It was only a, um, a statement. We were only allowed to ask questions, not debate it. And that's a real telling, for me, scenario that the government still haven't learnt lessons from the last administration, that they're still trying to push through. Um, you know, 
reports on us the, with very little time to review this. The, the chief minister, though, would say that uh, this is um, releasing the strategy at this stage and that th- there will be a full debate in November. So perhaps uh, that's, uh, you know, give him a little bit of uh, the benefit of doubt on that. I th- I, I, I would challenge that and say, do we have November? Do we have the time? You know, it, it, we're in a real crisis right now with our economy. Um, and, and that concerns me that, that our strategy, which has only just literally hit our desks, and what what is going to happen between now and November? And then if so, if nothing else happens, how long have we got from November till till however long something changes policy directives do start coming into play? Um, so, And we always get criticism about how things take so long in government. And I would say, I mean, every single member who went up for election said the economy was one of their top three priorities, gro- economy growth, etc. So it's really interesting that, that there's not full speed ahead on this. And we know government can move fast. And of course, housing as, as well was, uh, you know, everyone was talking about a housing crisis. Uh, has government done enough on that, you and what? Well, no, but... Before I move on to housing, just to uh, strap yourself in, because I think I'm going to defend the chief minister here. I think <laughs> I, I think that he has done the right thing. Government always wants their PR around launching things before um, Parliament gets its clutches into it. That's nothing new. But taking, I think he's got the summer to take the Manx people on the journey and educate about what this plan is and whether they're ready for it or not. Um, I've got my own concerns about whether government is really ready for this plan yet. So they've got a, a fair old amount of work to do over the summer as well, because they really didn't have compelling answers to how they're going to deliver this in terms of the the size, the shape of government and what sort of institutions are going to be um, push it because you cannot do a plan of that magnitude as business as usual. So that is going to take time. So coming back for a debate in November when hopefully we've got a few more of these answers is, is important. Um, in terms of housing, uh, no, uh, I don't think that enough's been done. We've seen a bit of um, catching up with um, the first time buyers rules and things like that. But um, And I don't underestimate the challenge. Housing is the first issue that we've picked up again as the Poverty Committee. We recognise it's a a really important area. Um, From what I'm gathering, looking at the economy at the moment, you've got the builders are on full tilt. Uh, The planning systems are trying to run and catch up. And there's an awful lot of opportunity out there, but with difficulties getting supplies to the island, difficulties getting the labour here because people... (laughs) It's a vicious circle, isn't it? If you can't afford to live here, then how are you going to get um, people to come in and and build the houses? Uh, It's a a real issue that um, there is no magic bullet for, and that's that's a challenge. And not only that, we've got every other jurisdiction that are experiencing exactly the same thing. So in Jersey and Guernsey, they've also got exactly the same plans to putting in a housing strategy, attracting people to their islands and we're competing in a really really fierce market. Mm-hmm. So we've got no time to sleep on this. Mm-hmm. And, and again, Claire Christian, I mean, you're chair of the, of the planning committee um, you specifically asked the, quiz, uh, the, the chief minister, would he thank the hard-working, under-resourced um, uh, planning team uh, and uh, the Chief Minister then went on to thank everybody else but didn't seem to specifically address that point. Uh, does, uh, I mean, it, it, is, is there a problem there in, in terms of uh, 
Council of Ministers and the, the planning team. Uh, you know, the, there was an awful lot of talk, a uh, lot of lots of rhetoric about uh, we need to fix the planning system, but uh, not an awful lot by way of detail. I mean, I think you'll have to ask him why he didn't do that, but I would I would assume that it's probably because he didn't want to single out a, a certain area or a certain team. Um, however, we have done we have singled out in the t- in in that time before. My point of raising that was as as also my directorate is is planning and building control um and i know how i know i've gone in and i've immediately seen that there's a staffing resourcing issue and that hasn't been addressed um sadly prior um and a lot of criticism gets given to the planning team um that they're behind or they're not not doing what they should be doing but they're, if they're under resourced they're never we're setting them up to fail um so i wanted i wanted to take that moment to say thank you um because i think that that was deserved to them um and yes of course i'm i'm uh, it's a shame the chief minister wouldn't do the same but but he he would have to answer why he didn't so in, in terms then of, of the, uh, the the planning side of your uh, vast array of, 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 of uh, jobs in, in, in government and in parliament, uh, what, what would you say are the, the priorities for, for planning in, in, in terms of uh, reform or is it purely a resource issue? Um, no, it's not just a resource issue, but that's obviously the operational side resource. Um, also, the IT system that that's very onerous. It's it's almost archaic, Jurassic, um, in that aspect. So it's it's updating that side to make the daily life of of the the planners a lot better and a lot simpler. Um, but there's also, in terms of policy changes, um, extending permitted development. That's really, really key. Um, and and in its it, it's what's really been great is as I've had one, I'm at kind of both at both ends. So I see 20% of the the actual planning applications coming through um, in as planning chair. So I can see a sort of a, a small percentage of of what. Well, why are we seeing that for a window? You know, to to um, expand the size when you've got three other size, um, three other windows exactly the same, and you know, just different things like that, and just feeding that back to policy, which is in cabinet office, saying, "Come on, let's extend these permitted developments. Let's take all these little scenarios." Actually, it's it's getting to planning for no reason at all. So, so that's really one of the key key areas. Um, also, um, and I'm not sure of the the uh, in terms of the 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 sort of technical term that government are given but it's almost that fast track scenario for big massive developments and it's it's looking at that and how we can make that um, a lot easier a lot better um, um, more progressive um, and how we can um, it, it, it attracts good investment to the island um, and uh, and I think that's really important especially with our with our sort of huge um, aspirations to grow the economy and grow grow our population. I think the flip side to that, though, is uh, that if we're, we're going to be doing more of that, and I absolutely support in terms of more permitted development and the likes, we need to then have confidence in the planning system. And one of the things that has has let that system down is about the proper enforcement. And um, we haven't had the resources and enforcement. And that is where people lose faith with the system. It's not so much just the delays in getting an application considered, but when people see that the rules aren't being followed, um, if... Uh, 
if they don't feel that it's been done properly, then that's really where um, public confidence sort of falls apart. And yeah, we, we talk about public confidence a lot, and, and yeah. one of the other areas is obviously everybody's. You know, the, the bingo word is transparency, and and that's something else that I was very heavily on. I want to see a dashboard that shows shows a plan. If I want to build a house now today, how long is it going to take to get through planning? What's the status of our of our planning applications? And it should be really open and transparent. And that's exactly the same in building control as well we should be able to see the situations on the the current status of that so that's one of the other areas that that we're looking at too but again another area where actually the planning's really stepped up recently is in terms of our built environment our heritage assets and really recognizing those as well so um you look at the the consideration of the cozy nuke for registration i don't think there being any real considerations of buildings to be registered for quite some time and now <clears throat> there seems to be a lot of resource going into it, making sure that we're recognizing the important parts of our heritage and uh, and protecting it which i, I think really is a, a very positive development in, in recent times and of course that that uh, committee has uh, just had calls uh, for evidence the uh, one that marlene masker established and and again you know one of the one of the um, issues in relation to this massive uh, growth in population that uh, is being talked about is uh, the, you know, the, the, the other side to the coin is, is the concern of many people who are established in the island or, or Manxbourne uh, who, who actually don't want to see significant change. They don't want to see the massive uh, change that a, a new uh, residence drive would bring and every time we've had these new residence drives in the past things like uh, planning heritage culture uh, the, the 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 mysterious manx way of life which obviously has changed over the decades uh, but uh, th- these sorts of things don't seem to have been referenced at all by this new economic strategy which does seem a bit strange to me you know do we never learn the lessons of history yet claire christian I think I think you're right. I think you know that there'll always be two sides of the of the argument as to why we should and why we shouldn't um, increase our population. And I know that we spoke earlier just a little bit about our concerns and our concerns is obviously you know if you if you put an extra thousand people here on the island today, we're just not ready for that. Um, so hence why it's it's really essential that we we have an excellent strategy from this um, economic strategy, how we're going to achieve it and quickly. Um, if we've got to achieve 5,000 people in the next five years, you know, we, can't, we can't waste our time in that. Um, and, and it's all about infrastructure at support and if the, and I understand the public's concern, I have that same concern. If I can't get mental health assistance for my constituents, if I can't get um, a uh, housing, local authority housing, or there's a huge waiting list, and I can't get can't get those that you know those people help, um, how on earth am I going to agree or be happy that a thousand people are going to come to the island um, and support that? So it it really is essential, and I. I personally don't see those markers yet, um, which which get us there, and I I really hope they come soon. One of the the yeah one of the criticisms I would give I mean there are um, some excellent ideas you know it's very clear that the strategy has been considered uh, reasonably well by the council of ministers there's a, a clear message it's a strong message of leadership from uh, council of ministers. Um, but I mean, there are uh, a, a few obvious criticisms. The first one I would level is is perhaps um, perhaps they haven't really done enough 
to explain to the public what the what the problems are that this strategy is trying to address. And and you and Watson, I mean, certainly in the time when we we were ministers around the Council of Ministers table, many of the issues that were being talked about were uh, entire or that are be, now being talked about uh, were entirely familiar to us um, seven eight years ago. Um, has uh, I mean, first of all, did we perhaps not do enough to address these issues? Uh, secondly, did the, the the former administration not do enough? And do you really think that the Manx public fully understand why such a big and bold strategy is is required? <coughs> well, thanks for such an easy question. Um, <coughs> uh, the, 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 yeah, uh, I think you know you can track this. Uh, this the source of this problem right the way back to the credit crunch and the financial services crunch between sort of 2008 2012 and mm. um, that then led to what we all now lovingly refer to as the VAT bombshell and the massive reduction in in government income which has led to a structural deficit every year since then so we still have never quite got the books back in balance so it is going to be really important to get high value jobs in to bridge that gap to make sure that we are actually bringing in as much as we want to spend um, and that's only going to happen by people uh, who are higher earners coming to the Isle of Man to do um, to do these jobs um, what we still yet have to see is uh, say how government is going to need to reshape and reorder to, to prepare for that because we're looking out to 2037 we're already um, about a quarter down on our nurse and doctor numbers, uh, as was revealed in a question this week. So we're going to have to increase the numbers by a third extra of what there are already um, in the middle of a housing crisis when we, you know, people are really struggling to find places to live anywhere, never mind affordable uh, places to live. Um, you know, we've got a, an ongoing uh, issue around the, the, the pensions fund, which actually is, is, is probably actually far less of a, a worry now than it, it was then. But these are the sort of issues that are really going to have to be fleshed out in terms of that economic strategy. You not just need to know what the economy is going to look like in by 2037, but also see the significant changes that are going to have to happen to our public services by then as well, and how you, um, you bridge that gap to say, and this is how those things lead to sustainable public finances over the next 15 years. And Claire Christian, I mean, one of the, the immediate reactions that a number of young, uh, economically active people that I've spoken to about this uh, strategy since it was announced have said is, uh, well, we we can't wait for 15 years. Mm. Uh, we're, we're really struggling at the moment. I mean, there are the, uh, quite a, a lot of people who who are in that, perhaps uh, uh, you know, starting their careers bracket, um, not on, on massive salaries. They're really, really struggling. So how do we... How do we or how does government get its message over to them that... The, the purpose of this strategy is to address these issues that are immediate issues to, to many people. So, I'm, you know, I think COVID highlighted, I thought, something very huge to the government, that, that the island's economy, albeit that we have some very large successful sectors, is made up of 70% of small businesses and self-employed people. So... That in itself, is that a risk? Is that an opportunity? I'd say it's definitely both because had that not been the scenario um, where, whereby actually people are, are self-sustaining, self-sustaining themselves, um, creating their own micro-businesses, being entrepreneurial, um, had we not had that, 
we could have had a lot more people in, you know, um, not with no job at all. Um, but but is that obviously? I don't see the strategy behind either. Do we reduce that so that we can? get these people into companies where there's bigger salaries, etc. How do we reskill those people? How, what's the effort in, in reducing that number so that we give more job security? We're getting, um, I mean, we look at national insurance. I won't go necessarily into that. So when you're a director and, you know, there's all sorts of different areas that you, you're not paying into. Um, so it's, it's really, really interesting. I didn't see that strategy and I don't know where we're going with that. And I don't know if it's maintaining the 70% and where growth is after that or whether we're, we are looking at addressing that. And one of my questions was, had self-employed people been consulted on, on this report? And they have, you know, the chief minister and government have come back and they have said they, they actually the answer is, is they, they, they have interviewed people. They don't know whether they were self-employed or not, um, but they feel they have a broad spectrum of the the, uh, the the sort of areas of, of, of types of businesses in, in on the island but I think it's a different thing we need to be looking at we actually need to be dr- drilling down to those self-employed people and saying how, what do you need to to grow your your own empire or what what would you prefer to be how, how do we get you into a business that so you don't um, so you don't have to live hand-to-mouth because that is what is happening um, uh, so it's it's really interesting that's that you know it's all great to look at the high level but we really absolutely need to sort of drill down and start speaking to the self-employed people far more in my opinion but i am told that that's going to happen over the summer one of the 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 i think the things that all small businesses or businesses well maybe not all most businesses on the island would say if you've got a good idea. Whatever you do, don't go anywhere near government with it, because <laughs> it will end up in, in in a quagmire of bureaucracy. Um, that that that's quite a big task in itself, uh, June Watson, and 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 you know the the or, or getting that cultural change. And I think you you touched on this in the debate about the um, about the economic strategy that. We, we don't we don't have senior officers i mean we, we've lost most of the senior officers we don't really have that level of experience in government uh, to be able to deliver the change let alone enough officers to come up with all these new policies that are going to be required if uh, this bold strategy is to be delivered well maybe call me old-fashioned but uh, i would have thought that it was the job of ministers to come up with the policies and it was up to the uh, the, the officers to deliver them but yeah, lack of experience at that chief officer group is um, is a concern. Um, but you know, with lack those of numbers, let's well, let, you know, actual physical people. Numbers is, <laughs> not, is not one just, thing, but it, not just actual experience. Yeah, well, it, it, that's where it's gonna it's gonna bite. But with that comes opportunity as well, doesn't it? In terms of taking areas that perhaps have been uh, done traditionally in house within government and and spinning those out to. Um, other other areas so you know for example the uk has started a, an infrastructure bank um and i'm not saying that that's a model formulation in a far smaller place like this but um being able to sort of devolve a bit of that risk um and a bit of that government gearing into the, the private sector is perhaps an opportunity that isn't naturally suited to having civil servants making those sort of decisions that that's not necessarily their expertise and training it's they're the ones who need to put the the good governance framework around this and uh, but that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be an element of uh, risk with the public purse it's just a matter of managing it well and making sure that everyone knows what they're buying into 
You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio, and uh, I'm Phil Gorn, and I'm joined in the studio by the Speaker of the House of Keys, Dewan Watterson, and among other things, Chair of the Planning Committee, uh, Claire uh, Christian. We're having a, a, a troll back, a look back over the, the year to date in, in, in politics. Uh, it would be remiss of us not to mention the Ransom Tribunal. Um, Mr. Watterson, uh, you, you actually called for a general debate on, on, on this. Uh, but, but, of course, part of the problem with with sort of uh, pouring over this uh, politically at the moment is there are still quite a few ongoing matters that uh, uh, need to be addressed which then means that there's only so much you can say there's only so much the, the various effect uh, people directly engaged uh, with yeah. this can say so uh, where, 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 I mean how significant an issue was this uh, well, it's massive. Um, and you look back to um, last summer when the Public Accounts Committee sort of blew the lid on this particular case and, and took uh, the evidence of um, Dr. Ranson and then uh, published that um, not long before the, the dissolution. Um, that's That has sent shockwaves around the, the public service and you, you can see just how many uh, senior officers have gone, I think, directly as a result of that. Um, uh, perhaps slightly unfairly been referred to as uh, Minister, Chief Minister Cannon's cultural revolution. But uh, <laughs> there has been a, an awful lot of people who have disappeared as a result. Um, the opportunity is there for, for culture change. And, and you're right that we do have to be a little bit careful about what we say. But the new parliamentary year will be the time to, to get into this with gusto there uh, because that the the case should have uh, concluded by then from what I'm gathering. Um, you know, we do have a, a an independent review of the Office of Human Resources uh, going on, so that will help feed into that that debate. But there are so many lessons yet to learn and so much yet to do in order to make sure that uh, the culture change lessons uh, percolate out to those areas where maybe it hasn't quite reached yet and there are still uh, areas where falling short of some of the best practice that would be identified, but also real opportunities in terms of bringing back some of those uh, people who have been through this system uh, to help train those uh, people who take on senior positions in government as to how to avoid some of these pitfalls uh, before they uh, before they get trapped into some of the uh, the behaviours that have led to where we are today. Because that is part of the problem. I, I, I've got a um, an hour long special with the chief minister on agenda tomorrow at uh, six o'clock, and one of the the. The, the points that we discussed uh, briefly was the, uh, the the chief minister made this comment about government being lazy and, and what he was referring to there was of course the structures of government so I sort of paraphrased for him and said well, you know it, effectively what we're saying here is that the the structures of gov- government encourage civil servants to to dream up all the reasons why certain things can't happen as as opposed to all the reasons why they should happen, uh, and and is that is that part of the problem? I mean, is that a, a common theme that that you see in in departments, Claire Christian? Um, so, did you say that the chief minister said that that he thinks departments are lazy? So, well, he he was quoted as saying government, government. was was a lazy structure, mm. um, and I think a number of civil servants had. Had expressed a little bit of concern about this because they're, they're very, very they're very, very hard cons- working. Yeah, but, it's, but it, what, that, that yeah. language itself is uh, it, it certainly needs to be clarified by the chief minister. I hope, I hope he will yeah, take he, that opportunity to. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that um, 
I think that, that a lot of the government departments have been bogged down by bureaucracy, um, red, lots of red tape, and that's that's certainly been something that, that's been told to me um, by a lot of the civil servants. Um, but it, this reform in terms of culture... I mean, I, I ha, you know, in my very, very short time as being a politician, just two years, I've been really shocked at what I've heard, you know, what I've seen, and that that comes through even at a constituency level, who are people who work have worked in um, government who or and who have been the, on the worst end of bullying, um, and worked out of of government, um, life changing scenarios and and that that's been a real shock and and I I'm saddened that that's been the scenario so this for me is not a surprise I think it's an absolute opportunity and we've got to grasp that now if there was one thing that this government this administration really needs to to resolve it that is the culture because ultimately we will get better services if people are happier in their jobs and they are able to do the job that they're there to be that they're being paid for to do and Joan Watterson <coughs> uh, I mean the it, 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 you've obviously been around the houses uh, a lot longer than I think anyone in 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 the house of keys now um, what I mean, do you think that the chief minister's on to something? I mean, we, most chief ministers describe a need for cultural change, but perhaps uh, certainly in our administration, we, we struggled to identify specifically what what that cultural change needed to be. I think it's it's been um, well. Let's let's just say that uh, government and the civil service and the public services generally are, are a curate's egg. There are parts of it that are absolutely brilliant, and there are parts of it that that need improving. Where I think governments, successive governments have struggled really, is about giving uh, those civil servants uh, about clear priorities. Um, instead of asking them to do 80 things and not really putting the resources into any of them very much um, and seeing which ones actually get done, actually giving a, a sense of priority to uh, public servants would help because you get an area where, which is well focused, which is knows what it's after delivering uh, and th there's just no better place to work in government when you've got officers like that who uh, know what they're doing, getting on with it, getting it done and making a real impact uh, for, for government, for people's lives. If the structure isn't working anywhere in government, well then council ministers has the almost unfettered ability to change that. It's a relatively simple process to do. Um, it just needs that um, identification, political will to, to, to change it. And in terms of the politics of all this, I mean, uh, there's a few uh, emails uh, starting to, to, to come in here. What One says, uh, Phil, don't be naive. Government <laughs> didn't lose senior civil servants. They were turfed out by political will and it was all hushed up as retirements. Nothing short of a deliberate call by Alf and his team and uh, his figures on cost of this call simply don't stack up. Um, so, I mean, that's one view. Uh, obviously, I, I have to be a little bit uh, balanced in, in, in the way I present these things. But, but is, is it fair to say that um, you, you, you know, leadership uh, tends to, to, to work best if you are uh, coaxing and persuading rather than um, shouting and there's that sort of culture of fear. But leadership works best when you've got a vision and you've got a, a plan and you say to everybody, follow me, folks, this is where we're headed and we're going to deliver X, Y and Z. And everyone knows that there is the money, there's the political will and there are the people there to deliver it. 
that's that's the success story. It's when you uh, have areas, and, and I think this is perhaps one of the, the failings of, of DOI, perhaps, that they've been tasked with doing lots and lots and lots of things that haven't necessarily been given the people to do them in terms of the right people in the right place at the right time, or necessarily the money to, to do it the way that it should be done. Um, and then when you've got so many diffuse priorities, it's hard then to corral people around a vision and say, yeah, we're going to achieve this and change that. Um, so therein lies the rub, really. And that that is one of the, the aspects of, of culture and leadership that, that really is going to have to be got a grip by the, the present cadre of ministers. I do... Uh, you know, obviously, in in both my other roles, but also uh, with with the radio, I, I I come into contact with civil servants from time to time, and there does a, a feel like at times to be a uh, a situation where they're flying at the seat of, by the seat of their pants in terms of trying to keep up with all the things that they have to do. Claire Christian, um, it, how how would you be going about doing this cultural change, which has to be an essential part of whatever um, the the Canada administration um, plans in in terms of delivering this uh, big economic strategy. So good culture starts from the top, um, you know, it, and and then it filters it filters its way down. That's not just a, another bingo word for me. It absolutely it has to start from the chief minister. So he has to show that he's not accepting bullying. He has to show that he is not accepting. Um, uh, his his managers not listening to people and you know we're in really uh, difficult times because we've obviously again I'm mentioning coming out of COVID people with a lot more mental health issues um, people need um, obviously uh, going back to work in the sense that they're back into the office you know that people have been working from home but people are you know they're not it's we're not in the same environments that we were and we're certainly not in the same society that we were just five years ago we have to do things differently we have to be more empathetic um but at the same time we've we've got to be realistic um so in what in the sense that what i would do and i have worked for great leaders um in my industry um prior absolutely brilliant leaders um whereby you know it it was there was certainly no shouting and if you had a problem you put you were never scared to put your hand up and say i've done something wrong or I can see something is going to go wrong, your your manager or your boss or your director would always pick that up and that the book would last with them. If something was going wrong, they would take that responsibility. And that is essential leadership because otherwise, if you're too scared to say something's going to go wrong or I've made a mistake at, at the lower levels, then, then you're never going to do that. And that that's really critical for absolute brilliant delivery. I'm not going to miss an opportunity to hop on an old hobby horse here about training for ministers. Um, we take people off the streets through the pur- purpose of a general election. We throw them into large, complicated organisations. Very few people on this uh, island have got experience of delivering any sort of organisation that's so large and complicated as a government department. And to expect them to just to be able to s- sort of sink or swim on the advice of, a, of some senior civil servants who actually may not themselves at the moment have a huge amount of experience... It's not a recipe for success. So um, I don't think we should be afraid of spending not a huge amount of money, but um, actually giving the politicians who we're putting into these ministerial roles and those who are coming up after them the tools to be able to do the job properly. In relation to the bold vision that uh, has been released then uh, this uh, week by the Chief Minister, um, in effect, 
if if we cut away the, the glossy pictures and the and the fantastic, the fantastically well presented um, uh, words, effectively we're left with a new residence drive, uh, and this is effectively every every time that we've had a problem since we introduced the uh, sort of low low tax uh, model, which uh, our economy has been based on in the sixties. Um, every time there's been an economic problem, we've gone for a new residence drive, and that's provided a short-term fix. But you know, the population has doubled since we introduced low ta- low tax uh, uh, the low tax economy, um, and still we have a problem. Is the problem not more to do with the the the, the overall way in which? income and expenditure is done by government rather than let's just carry on boosting the economically active population until they get old or uh, need uh, education for their children. Uh, Surely a more sustainable model needs to be found here. I don't know. uh, Claire Christian, do you want to? Uh, Yeah, I think it's interesting. Obviously, we we talk about income and expenditure um, and I, I still... I absolutely maybe maybe I need some more lessons in in being able to read the budget but I'm still absolutely kind of I mean and I've seen budgets for for large corporations I'm I'm still baffled by a lot of a lot of it. Treasury um, mandarins would be delighted to hear you say that. <laughs> um, so it, it would it would be great to be able, and I know there is um, the minister is bringing the treasury minister is bringing in reform in that area, um, and I and I hope that those issues are addressed. But you know, to your better management of the income is huge, um, and you know the last administration had was criticized for a lot of overspend now that is going overspend will happen because obviously costs are going up we are going to see that um but is it the actual budgets from the beginning is it are they being mis- misrepresented um are we taking the cheapest um solution and then actually when work starts we realize that and that that's inexperience um and it's very very concerning and everybody who I've spoken to with regards to perhaps the um, uh, the promenade, the you know, it, it's all about well, I could have done that job better myself, um, you know, and everybody everybody believes that, um, and it's all very well to say in hindsight, but we we do have to get a better a better grip on on our um, spend, um, and. And that's that comes down to departmental level as well. It's not just um, the the tenders that are being put through. So it's it is. I would like to see a lot more centralisation with priorities. I think the public really need to be considered in this this aspect. Look, we're going to invest more in. Uh, these top 10 areas and that means these other 10 areas are not going to have as much investment in it that I think we need to see a little bit more clarity like that so that the Manx residents the Joe blogs on the street can understand why his potholes aren't being filled this year and actually why we're 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 investing more in 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 mental health or investing more in heart surgeries or investing more in in all sorts of other areas so that's what I would like to see more transparency on. Jewan Watterson is our tax and spend uh uh, relationship uh, working as well as it needs to? Well, I think one of the other things that's come out of this, you refer to it as a, a well-presented um, uh, presentation, but you'd expect no less from uh, KPMG, would you? Um, but it is 600 pages, um, and it, I haven't be- barely got started on this yet. Um, it's, it's a massive uh, job. 
to actually sort of get under the uh, the skin of over the summer. Um, but one of the things we are going to be needing to look at as part of this, and I think has been recognised, is as a broadening of the tax base itself, uh, so that we're not just um, reliant on the, the usual uh, sources of income tax and VAT, and then fees and charges, but to sort of see how that mix works, um, and whether uh, all the aspects that are doing well in the economy are paying their part. And um, we've made a very big point of being 0% corporate tax. Um, but it, you know, whether that's sustainable, it probably is. But are there other ways of making sure that businesses carry their part of the weight um, in a, in society? And that's something that will be something that I will be looking carefully at over the summer. Um, in terms of the, the, the population drive, I would say it's the, we've moved on from that. That's that was the 70s and 80s model. This is a jobs drive, and it's got to be a well-paid jobs drive. Um, although some of those jobs will be in the in the public service as well. So you know we are talking sort of uh, nurses and doctors as well. And um, I've noticed that though that we've only got eight minutes left. And if you get me started on the budget process with eight minutes left, we'll, I'll be still talking here at half past two. I think it's really interesting just just to say I think a shift that's happening very much so. Talk about ring fencing. That's been a real a real. Um, sort of conversation um, in this administration about how we'll we'll make money here and we'll ring fence that to provide this and I think that's a really good way of, of, of communicating to the public as well and a good way of saying okay we, we've done that and we've achieved this I think that's really good so so I'm looking forward to seeing more of that kind of ring fencing money for, for certain projects The soft drinks levy was a good example of that and who put that motion down in 26 oh that was foresight back. sensibly um, <laughs> One one of the areas of raising tax, of course, I mean, the three, aren't there? The VAT, which we have no control over, provided we wish to retain the relationship with the United Kingdom on that. Income tax, we're always told you can't really do an awful lot with headline rates of income tax because uh, of the competitive nature of of, of the the economy that that we tend to uh, be in. So, but the other area, local taxation, rates, uh, uh, as it's called in the Isle of Man, uh, tends to have been largely ignored, and yet it is one you know, remarkably low compared with most uh, of the, the, the countries that we compete with. Um, I'm told that uh, Isle of Man government, uh, or council of ministers at least, t- uh, say that uh, local government reform isn't even on their B list of priorities no, no, for the no. next, uh, well, it's, it's four years now, isn't and it? And that was obvious in the debate. So so um, if we're not going to look at, at that area, um, we're, we're not going to do any reform in that area. Rates reform seems to have, uh, have, have become a distant prospect as well. Um, are, are, is, is government missing a trick? Yes, it is absolutely, and and you know, call me cynical, but uh, if you if you look at the impact of rates reform on the northern parishes of the island, you'd see probably the biggest uh, areas that would actually see a, a negative impact. Um, one of the things that we were talking about in a presentation not that long ago in a, in a, a hub uh, was about how you could potentially disconnect rates from the delivery of local services. So, I'm not saying don't charge rates, but actually just disconnect them from local services. So, you've got um, commercial rates, which obviously far far higher in places like Douglas, as you'd expect, but also places like uh, the quarry, the airport, which actually have a disproportionate effect on the rates income of certain parishes and mean that they cross subsidise the domestic rate. Um, whether that's uh, whether that's reasonable and fair or not. Is something else uh, but if you took those commercial rates out as part of the fund to help build um the, the new economy that we're talking about then that's going to mean a, a real leveling 
up in some sense, down in others, um, about uh, what that's going to mean for people around the island for their domestic rates. It will be a great leveller, but that's not going to be popular. Well, exactly. And and isn't this part of the problem that that, that you face in Tinwald? Um, Ultimately, when it comes to it, um, particularly in the House of Keys, You've got to think of your, uh, your your forthcoming election. Those those of you who who choose to stand again, and one of the least popular things you can do as a politician is is concede uh, points in relation to unfairness on rates that result in your ratepayers having to pay more. Um, are, are we too local in the way that we, we we look at politics? Is is that part of the problem? Do you think? Sometimes, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, and um, that. The, the bigger the constituency, the easier it is to, to sort of take that step away. And um, going back to the days when we had one, two and three seat constituencies, um, I think you were able to sort of take a broader view when you had a far more a balanced population and a three-seat constituency mm-hmm. than, than the, the micro-politics of a, of a one-seat constituency. So um, I think it's going to be making sure that uh, when this Boundary Commission comes back that we've just uh, launched uh, in Tinwald this week, make sure that we, we don't throw the baby out of the bathwater in terms of some of the, the fundamentals of good decision-making. Mm. I think, um, I mean, obviously... You've you just hit the nail on the head a little bit there, Phil, Phil um, saying that, you know, it's not going to happen. It's on the B list. And it, it, it really isn't. I mean, you've got eight members of um, eight Douglas MHKs. Um, it's one of which is in the Council of Ministers. Um, and no Southerners. No Southerners. Dear, dear. Goodness me. Um, and so it it's just it's never going to come through. And maybe the only way for this to be a priority would be if you had a Douglas chief minister, um, which you'll have to you'll have to tell me when has that ever happened, Phil? <laughs> not not at all. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I seem to have had a habit of this today. Um, the um, I, 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 we've run out of time. Um, I, um, I, I almost didn't make it to the show at all uh, the, the, because I was too busy uh, enjoying a nice cup of tea. Anyway, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. If you want to listen again, the uh, the programme is available as a podcast and I would ask um, anyone who's interested and wants to know the Chief Minister's thinking on this, uh, have a listen to Agenda tomorrow evening at uh, 6 o'clock, it's an hour long special, but for now I'm Phil Gorn Guru and thanks for listening (laughs) 